Welcome to another episode of Talking Sports A to Z with Alex Bush and Drew's Logar. Today we got a couple things on tap. First, we're going to talk about the NCAA's new rules for athletes uh, taking promotions and such. Uh, we got an interview now with our good buddy, our first interview with Justin Lester. He worked with us at the NBA. Now he's gone back out, out west, back home, and he's a 2K mobile community manager, social media community manager. So we got him and then uh, another edition of The Last Dance, the last two episodes that were aired on Sunday. Um, good stuff coming up, and we're looking forward to it. Let's go. Back to the episode here, Alex Bush alongside my boy, Drew's Logar. How's it going, bro? What's going on, man? Episode three, uh, every day I wake up and it's like another chance to talk sports and we're still a podcast three weeks in. So we're, uh, we're doing something right. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. We're, get, we're getting some more views, some more hits, which is fun, it's, you know, keeping us busy for sure. Um, Definitely keeping you know. us busy and uh, we're appreciating all the support, but had a great weekend. I know in the uh, New York city tri-state area, it was phenomenal weather. Um, finally starting to feel like summer uh, is like upon us and um, but excited to talk sports, man. I think even with not a lot going on we we keep getting nuggets fed to us and um the episodes that, uh, that aired last night with The Last Dance were all like already incredible. We already knew that, but watching them again, it was uh, third week in a row of just being thoroughly impressed. But um, I, th- I think the first thing that we should talk about, you already kind of introed it, NCAA finally coming out and uh, saying that players can get paid for their likeness and the sort. Um, just wanted to know your thoughts. I know uh, – you definitely have some uh, takes hot in, hot in the oven. So I wanted to know uh, what you think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'll just first read it off so we have kind of a baseline on what we're doing. But the NCAA last week, uh, it says, Board of Governors moved towards allowing student-athlete compensation for endorsements and promotions. The governing body has taken unprecedented steps to allow college athletes to be compensated for name, image, and likeness. Um, and it pretty much includes compensation for other opportunities such as social media businesses. They have started personal appearances and et cetera, et cetera. So pretty much saying like, you know, a guy, a top athlete can get a, you know, a sponsorship for, um, you know, I guess I don't know the exact, the exact guidelines because a lot of teams have shoe, shoe deals and stuff like that and, and uniform, but I feel like, that might be a possibility, but it's also like, you know, a guy's being sponsored by beats or, um, you know, doing an Instagram ad or, right. you know, things like that. So, no. I mean, there's two sides to it. This came up the other night with my family. I was like debating it with my dad and we already, you know, we chatted about this earlier, but it's pretty much, I feel like it's a generational thing to who likes it, who doesn't like it, who agrees with it and stuff, such, but like the main thing that people are talking about is, you know, should, first of all, should individuals on a team be able to get this when college is such a unified team kind of thing? Um, Should like, you know, your top guy be able to get sponsorships and, you know, other players don't and will there be, you know, other interests, other interests in a locker room, but also does it ruin kind of amateurism or does it take away from low level colleges that could be recruiting and have issues recruiting because, you know, a certain player might think they have a better opportunity at an Ohio state rather than Ohio university. That's just an example for my life, but you know what I mean? So, I mean, so, I, I was just going to say quickly, like I I'm, I'm all for it. So, um, yeah, like where I, with all you, what you just said, and I think you did a great job explaining in layman's terms, it's, I think you bring up a good point. If a <clears throat> university like Duke is sponsored by Nike for their apparel, Obviously, that would mean that star player can't come in and broadcast and, and endorse a, a new Adidas shoe. That That's something that has to be written in, in there. Yeah, I've laws. looked all over for those kind of things, and I haven't seen much, so I think that's still something that we don't know. Maybe they're going to iron out, but that, that seems like that would be a, a stipulation behind it. But basically, yeah, like you said, third-party vendors – 
So anything that's not affiliated already with the school in a contracting agreement, they're able to do. So essentially any other pro athlete that you see getting paid for sponsorships, now college athletes can give in these guidelines. But yeah, you're, I agree with you. Just let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I, I think you, you make a good point that this technically, for whatever reason, is an argument and it's a generational thing. My parents, uh, my grandparents, people from an older generation were surrounded by athletes and surrounded by athletics at the college level as an activity that supplemented with academics. Mm-hmm. You went to school to get for a- academics 100%, but as time has shifted, you now have the NCAA basketball players can leave after one year Uh, for NCAA football players can leave after their junior year. So we've gradually seen this trend through the years that has been pro individual pro athlete in terms of when you can go pro and, and when you can kind of leave school. So it's, it's kind of slowly but surely trended away from just a university and just there for sports and we're, or, uh, academics, but we're also doing sports. Mm. Uh, that, that's not the time anymore. And Zion Williamson and all these pros or all these just celebrities are, are establishing a brand for themselves at 14, 15, 16 years old with how – advanced social media has become and digital media has become these hoop mixtapes tapes that kids are having produced by them. Like I remember back in the day when I was growing up, like Akil Carr and these OGs high school mixtapes, they were awesome because like maybe three or four high school athletes a year got a mixtape. Nowadays. Now Mellow Ball is getting a mixtape a day. Oh my God. Yeah. Like you see these low level guys just getting absolutely just incredible praise. Three-star athletes that will be committing to mid majors are getting like ball is life and slam cred just because they know how to dunk, you know, like things like that. So these kids that are elite are going to a university already being a brand so it's about time. So much about your own brand now. It's dude. It's about time that the NCAA is uh, is coming around to this. To me, to me, it made it. It was late to be quite honest with you. Oh, but no. the fact it, that it's this here, is too, it's at this point like it's not too little, too late. But it is little and late for sure. Like one hundred percent. No, I think I think you're right, and I think they. The NCAA does look like almost like a uh, like a pissed off girlfriend or something. Like, fine, you could do it, I but it doesn't have, have it. Do- <laughs> it doesn't I at you all can look. Go out with your boys. You can fine. Fine, you're the one fine, of the. You can make money. <laughs> you have three million followers on Instagram, and you're 17. Fine, you can make money on a on an endorsement. It's just like, yeah, no shit, I can. Like, I'm a brand. Now. Yeah, it's so it's so. You can see that it's so much like they heard all this pressure for years and years. And now that things are changing, you know, like we talk about the G league or we were talking about this earlier, the G league having guys be able to go right in the G league from high school, that's definitely affecting it. So it's just so many different things that they're kind of like, okay, we need to, but the thing I will say, I've seen online that they're probably not going to do NCAA video games still. I pissed about because I thought that's what this is. I've been waiting for freaking six years. Yeah, four, 14 was the last game, yep. right? Been waiting for six years and uh, hurts. I just love those games. The NCAA games, <laughs> like NCAA college football was an incredible I loved it. game. Yeah. I loved it. And it's so funny because, like, you see people like, like we talk about, like, Big Cat's been streaming games and you see those old games. And you're like, oh my god! Like it's so much different than now. Totally. Um, yeah. No. You know, we're, um, you know, everyone's gamers when they're kids, so we're not playing a ton. But like, 
those games were legendary. Imagine if they had the graphics and different things that they have nowadays. So, I want to touch on a point that you made uh, earlier. Um, with this being said, so now athletes can get paid uh, or for endorsements and sponsorships like that. Um, how you brought up an Ohio State would potentially get a recruit over an Ohio University because their likeness could be yeah because they'd be in a exposed more yeah Yeah. in my opinion I think that that's already been established 100% and and it was almost like they were never gonna pick Florida Gulf Coast but they were gonna pick Florida and go to be a Gator because the Gators play in the SEC so they'll be on yes still still part of your brand whether you're getting paid for it like you're going to get a better look at a different school anyway 100 percent. so i personally don't believe that this added wrinkle that now they can get paid will really affect those lower level schools because let's just be honest they weren't really going to be competing with five-star athletes anyways so oh yeah i mean i bring that up because it's debates and i've seen it not that i agree with it because i i'm glad we agree on this because like i agree so much and my example when i was debating with my dad the other day was you you think about guys like john Morant playing at murray state like if he were to get endorsements and stuff and have that in his thing like would you think he'd have more of a chance going somewhere big i really don't think so and the other thing is these top guys at little schools whether it's, you know, a mid-major or whatever, you know, the mid-major stars are going to get more um, airtime because they dominate the conference. 100%. You have much more of an opportunity to play a lot of minutes and very meaningful because, you know, if you have a decent team in a crappy conference, you destroy the conference, you go to the tournament, and then you become, you know. Two two names come to mind because I agree with your example. (laughs) One is John Morant. Mm-hmm. But two is Jimmer Fredette. Oh, yeah. Jimmer Fredette went to BYU. BYU. I mean, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. If you are that elite and you are that good of a player, you will get the publicity. So it's not like and you will Ohio recruit. State is now going to get all the recruits and, oh, poor Ohio. It's just like, no, Ohio is never getting the recruits. Like, hey, but, hey, but it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to say. But, like, okay. if, if another Jimmer comes along and he's shooting from half court and he's scoring 40 a game, but he's at one of these mid-majors, that he's mid-major still, is yeah, going to be a slut in the whole, media. Yeah, 100%. So, I, I, I think that – I agree. It's good that we both agree. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. I think we should put out a poll. We should put out a poll on our uh, social channels to see mm-hmm. what our followers think. I think we have a, a skewed – demographic i think a lot yeah, we of do, because like even me just myself i put out my own poll for the hell of it and i was like telling my dad i was gonna put it up and at the end it was like 60 something votes 70 votes whatever it was and it was 90 percent to 10 i'm pretty sure so. right so i i do really think that it's a generational argument but um as this evolves it'll be it'll be cool to uh to figure out and see how it unfolds even more uh for the pro now college athletes so yeah it's good but i think i'm just excited to talk to justin lester man it's been a few oh, years <laughs> it's, it, it's been a few years yeah. uh since we kind of really hashed it out with him and uh like heard from him he's all the way on the west coast and uh doing big things so i'm I looking just, forward to having you guys listen before we send it to him you're gonna hear us talk smack about 2k and i just want to say put my hand up the guy just dusted me. It was bad. We played – so we so first off, we just played for the hell of it. We played three games of Madden. He won two, I won one. I had like 300 receiving yards with OBJ with the Browns. No big deal. <laughs> but then, he, I mean, he waxed me the first game. Second game, I probably should have won. But anyways, we played 2K the next day, and uh, we were like deciding teams. We, we picked really good teams. It was like Lakers. I was Lakers. Who was he? Someone really good. Bucks or someone. I forget. But – I was beating him, and then in the fourth quarter, he just destroyed me. So, and the second game wasn't even close because I picked the Hawks because I wanted to trade And him. you were you were pretty confident last week. We're going to – I mean, I, I paid up my debts. It's okay. I, I Venmoed him after, so we're good. But we're going <laughs> to we're gonna, we're gonna play again. 
you know, I was a little salty, but it's okay. Shit happens, right? Now you got a chip on your shoulder. That's good. Oh, I got a chip. I got a huge chip on my shoulder. So. Well, without further ado, let's get him into this room. Let's uh, get him on the airwaves. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation that we had with our former colleague and, and buddy still to this day, Justin Lester. Uh, let's, let's bring you to it. Now we welcome in our good buddy, Justin Lester, uh, 2K Mobile Community Manager of Cat Daddy Games. Um, our good buddy from the NBA works with us in uh, social media at the NBA, did a lot of WNBA in his time. How's it going? Good. How you guys doing? Dude, I got a, the first thing that I saw when I uh, logged on here and saw your face was the mustache. So you left us about two years ago. <laughs> quarantine stash. It looks like you're finally growing some face hair, Justin. So Dude. claps to you, man. I went from a 15-year-old when I worked with you guys to now like a 20-year-old. So. It, it has like a white van and he's just rolling up. <laughs> I love it, man. And the second thing that I thought about, and we're going to get into this, but how has the ping pong game been going? Because you and I had some battles um some sweaty atrium battles right before the night started of games we would get our blood flowing with some best of sevens best of fives we we, we uh we held it down on the ping pong table how's that how's that game treating you yeah it probably wasn't the best idea to play before the night started huh right totally bad got me all fired up <laughs> it was too yeah. fun beating you no my game as strong as ever i'm playing at my office all the time except for now when we're quarantined but no, still playing and going strong. I think I could still take it. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. Bush, you never wanted the smoke with either of us. I don't think no, we I, No, played. I just played Papa Shot, and then the one machine broke, and I freaking couldn't get, a, get above 21 because the one was broken the whole time. So You yeah. were too good. You were making it too much that it just glitched on I think I on dunked on it and just broke it when I played Wong. <laughs> hey, Wong. Too many that's times. The one, that's the one hoop you'll be able to dunk on in your life. Got <laughs> <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> true true very true yeah man so justin uh bush kind of alluded to it uh we kind of established ourselves as co-workers and friends in the nba a few years ago but um just take it back there man it's been a couple years for all of us since we've been back um now that the memories are are fresh on our minds as we're talking here what are some things that you remember and uh look back fondly on yeah, I miss it a lot for sure. Uh, I think the things I remember most are just those nights with everyone downstairs when we're just we're posting about the games that are going on as they're happening. And I specifically remember the WNBA finals when I was running the W accounts, and it was pretty stressful uh, covering the the finals when you were told to tweet just about every minute. Um, so it's basically, you know, type out five words, hit send. A minute later, hit send again. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the things I remember most. That was pretty stressful. But, uh, no, I think it was just spending time with all the people. And, you know, we all love the NBA, obviously. And uh, we bonded over that. So, I think it's just the friendships I remember most. So, I have to bring up um, the last WNBA finals that you worked. Seattle Storm won. And I want to I wanna ask you who called – the MVP and the champion um, months before, and you would not tell me that I was, or tell that person that they were correct <laughs> and that they were wrong and you wouldn't shut up about it and they, they were right. Who, who was that? That would be one Alex Bush. <laughs> this guy fishing for credit, Bush. You're one of a kind, Dude, man. He, <laughs> I, every day I was like, yo, Brianna's going to be MVP. That team's winning, no doubt. And he's like, get out of here. What? You would do the Lester once. What? And then look what happened. Yo, yeah. props to you though, Justin, because I think you kind of left uh, with a bang with your MVP uh, thread <laughs> that whole season because didn't you catch a lot raced of MVP, for, baby? Uh, your raced MVP, just whole franchise that year. Was it the Dallas Wings with Skylar Diggins? Oh, they yeah. were kind of calling you out but they they didn't really know it was you so they were just like whoever's writing this is terrible or whatever <laughs> talk about that because from a from a distance that was interesting to see that you were like catching some heat yeah I just remember that I didn't even realize until you said it but yeah I forgot I was, about that <laughs> uh, what, what was that no I forgot about that as well <laughs> yeah it was my crazy. second year writing race to MVP so every week I would write 
who are the top 10, basically the players in the WNBA at that point of the season. And at one point, uh, I think it was like week five, got an email from the president of the Dallas Wings. Um, and at that point, Liz Cambage was on the team and I had her probably first or second because she was just destroying the league. But he wanted me to also mention Skylar Diggins-Smith, who in my opinion, was not a top 10 player in the league at that point. From a very objective standpoint, and uh, he did not agree. Uh, I think he might've been a little biased, but uh, we can go back and look at the numbers if we want. But yeah, so he sent me an email. I think I sent it off to uh, Patrick Morinen and uh, he ended up taking care of it. But yeah, the, uh, the president of the wings, how about that? Hey, n- numbers speak because I remember every time. I remember my first day, I think I told you a story when I was talking to you the other day. My first day, maybe first week it was, I walked in and Justin Lester's over there just, glamoring about his race to MVP because the MVP was named and he was 10 for 10 on the exact <laughs> votes. It was incredible, but numbers speak. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, he, exactly. he knows the shit. <laughs> Through the Dallas Wings president, man, I remember when I, when I was hearing that and kind of witnessing that, I was just like, yo, we're doing some like next level shit. We're like really <laughs> a part of this like media community. Like, you and I just walking into Secaucus every day, just like, all right, it kind of got monotonous at times and just another day. But then next thing you know, you wake up and you have a fucking email from the wings. president. (laughs) That was probably scary, but also like, damn, my work is being read by people all over the world. That must've in a way been like, I'm on a big stage. Yeah. I had no idea that many people were reading it. And I think even like Skylar once, liked a tweet where someone said oh it's shameful that this guy doesn't have her in the top 10 oh she totally did dude she Find totally this man. Did. <laughs> i was like she's really reading this right now like um come on like i was a few years out of college you know i was doing my best um and she's really reading this stuff man it was cool though yeah like you said you didn't realize how many people were reading it so yeah a couple of years out i would i would almost have that as one of my first and foremost stories i'd be like yeah like <laughs> My race MVP was always accurate, and it was getting under the skin. And it was getting called out. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's something that not a lot of journalists can say, so uh, hats off to you. Thank you. If you don't have haters, you're not doing anything right, right? (laughs) That's true. Exactly. I'd rather be talked about than not talked about at all. (laughs) Uh, Just on the W front, um, I mean, that was pretty much WNBA was your, you know, what you were doing every day um, a lot of the time and you know how much did you enjoy doing that because just from me working in the G League I know that like the lower league you get more experience more you know chances and opportunities so you know what'd you like doing that because I know you were all locked in on that your whole time there. Yeah for sure like you said the more experience you get because it's a lower league and I worked for the Storm before I got to the NBA and so I kind of got to know the players there and I saw I think in the W players don't have as big of egos um, you know, for several different reasons, but, and I even saw that more when I got to the NBA and the WNBA. I got to work with Elena Deladon pretty closely, um, a lot of the superstars, and they're just super down to earth, great to work with. Um, but yeah, I got to do a ton of different things that I am super grateful for, like running the account during the finals, going to events, which actually I just remembered, I saw the Dallas Wings president at All-Star. Oh God. We got eye contact for a few seconds. Did he know who you were? I think he did. Yeah. He's just like, oh, that's the fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) We went our separate ways. (laughs) Sounds like a great, great time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just going to a ton of different events. I even got to come back to Seattle where I'm from and cover the uh, the All-Star game when they had it here. So going to all these events and interviewing all these superstars was awesome. Yeah, man, I, um, in my experience from, uh, basketball has always been part of my life. And admittedly, before I got hired by the NBA, I, um, kind of poo-pooed, uh, the WNBA and never really gave it the credit that it deserved. But when I got there and, uh, everyone that I worked with, you included, but having you and, uh, Anthony Oliva, um, be like, yeah, and BK, like, having like male figures that I worked with that respected and uh, valued the WNBA like you guys did, it Mm -hmm. quickly like shifted my mindset 
And uh, like you guys both were saying, I almost, when I look back on my time at the NBA, I almost valued like my experience with the lower leagues more than what I was doing with NBA entity stuff. It's like, Mm, when I almost, you almost felt, and you guys could speak for it from your perspective, but I know what I did for the W and the G I felt more like, like it was, it was meaningful. Like the NBA had such a huge fan that it would just go into the ether and like whatever we would publish next thing you know, where the hell did it go? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, your, your WNBA article, you got heat for it and you got to see the heat like firsthand. Like, Drew loves like, this story. I love it. Well, no, dude, like the whole point of being in this industry is to be seen and to be heard. And like, I thought that the WNBA and the G league, uh, you were able to do that. And like, I, it was cool that like quickly working with the NBA, but on the W side, I like, it totally reshifted my mindset and like, the the respect that I totally fell for immediately it, it was awesome it was it was cool to be a part of yeah yeah I think it's one of those things you don't know until you do it like and the lack of media coverage of the WNBA like guys like us growing up we probably don't know much just because of the lack of exposure and once you get into it you realize the high level that it is and also just how great the players are to work with and when it's a smaller league too with just 12 teams you really get to know the players more and it's easier to dive into content and deep storylines that way as opposed to a 30 team league where there's 400 players and um also where everybody knows everybody's story so i remember i told a story about sugar rogers new york liberty guard who was like homeless for a lot of her childhood and was bouncing around different cities and homes and and ended up being an all-star and got to tell that story and you know, it's just cool things like that to make the WNBA special. Yeah, and you you freaking grinded it too, especially I know when <laughs> I came in, it was pretty much UNBK just grinded it out until he got a couple extra positions. So, um, yeah, but just to kind of go off of like us all working together, do you got any memory stories? Like you talked about your best times were like when we all worked together and stuff and when you got destroyed by Drew and King Kong, but like, <laughs> like got any uh, other things that kind of pique your, uh, wow. your mind? <laughs> I'm glad that Alex has, a, has the correct uh, memory of that. That's good. Wow. <laughs> I would watch from upstairs in those little glass windows. And you're like, oh yeah, that's another win for Drew. <laughs> oh wow. That's the yeah, fifth that's game that Justin lost in a row. Okay. <laughs> nah see i don't remember those games because drew was just the easiest opponent of them all oh god we need we need a uh zoom ping pong oh wait you can't do that never mind <laughs> oh nah, man hey whenever when you're in town when you're in new york we need like a big like big cash prize like drew versus we get we'll make hype videos we'll have you two face off best of seven series just know that every day i've been crafting just no, Lester. Every he, single day, he, plays, I, he like tilts the the board up so he hits it against its. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Like I'm going up against my wall. I'm I'm doing. I'm bringing out all the stuff. Where's trick shot, Drew? When, <laughs> that's what we need. That when you come East Coast, it's on, man. We're, no bars, none none of that. That's second. <laughs> we're we're finding the first ping pong table that we see. Well, we're we're definitely going to bars. <laughs> wait speaking speaking of bars justin do you remember the Cavs final or no was it eastern conference finals that we went to the, the NBA finals. a few times how yeah. lit that ga- yeah it was game seven how lit it was when lebron um blocked tatum remember that and that was uh wasn't wasn't it that game game seven that we were at the Cavs yeah i was in i was in the office for that game Shoot, we were at one, and it was crazy. That's all I remember. And then we met Drew after, I swear. We were at finals game three. Yeah, but they got swept, so that would not have been fun. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, at that point, they, they kind of still had a chance because, like, it was 2-0, and that was a close game. But True. Then maybe it wasn't as low as I thought to be. But... No, I remember watching that game seven, Cavs-Celtics in the office, and me being the huge LeBron fan – I am. I was going nuts. And obviously we were supposed to be working. I think I was on W 
So I, I got to be looking down at my laptop, but at the same time, I'm not working at all the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, that was something that was always so fun about that job. It was just like, you, I, it was so easy to just fall in like, oh, well, the, I'm a Suns fan. So like the Suns were on TV eight. And there's like a glued to it. (laughs) There's a 14 game night going on. I have to be doing so many other shit. And it's just like, nah, like I'm low key watching the Pacers Suns game right now. The best was when when, um, we were sitting, we had those rows, the TVs were in front of us, TV behind us has college basketball game on. It's like Syracuse versus Duke and Drew was next to me, Duke fan and Syracuse won. And it was amazing to watch you cry your tears. That was bad, dude. Because Maddie was there. Like, there were so many Syracuse fans. And 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 Lamont was a Syracuse guy, too. And Lamont was loud about Syracuse. Oh, my God. That – it was interesting because working at the NBA with so many alums of of just universities that I despised, but you guys actually went there – it's like I'm a Duke fan, but like I didn't. Oh go. yeah, but I mean, but still. <laughs> still, no, it's like, but there was an affinity level that like I didn't reach. So I, in a way, I always stayed quieter than I than I would have been if we were at a bar. Put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, I think you I, got progressively louder though. I, I I did once. The more comfortable that the more I got, the more we shit talked. Like the more we chirped, the more he chirps back. Hey, the thing is though. I, I brought this kid to the Syracuse backers bar for a uh, tourney game. When that they was so dope. Second round. Yeah, that was, that was so fun. That was so fun. All I got to say. Yeah. Big Q's fan. <laughs> no, nah, I mean. Big if, guy, Drew. <laughs> if you bring me to a packed bar with a bunch of people that are like. Yeah, fun, that's true. Like, yeah. come on now. That, that was actually a dope night. I remember that specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yes. Uh, I, just wanted, go ahead. I think like, we were going to have the same question. I was just going to say, Lester, um, you left the East Coast, left the NBA a couple years ago. Don't um, make me remember. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you me whenever you need to. Oh, I've been busy uh, <laughs> doing your own thing. Uh, share a little bit about kind of the day to day of your new role, uh, community manager with Cat Daddy Gaming. Talk a little bit about more of what you're doing there. Yeah, so the game that I work on, it's the uh, NBA 2K uh, version on your phone. Um, So it's in its second season. It started, it launched about a couple months before I started the job. Um, And it launched in about October of 2019. And so I run social media for that game and write blog posts. I interact with the players online. Um, I take the problems that are going on in the game and bring it to the developers. a lot of customer service, a lot of uh, also roster stuff, which I love, um, helping out with the team in terms of what players we should feature, who should get the best cards, stuff like that. So I actually recently had the opportunity to make LeBron a better rating than Jordan. Let's go. My God. Uh, Bush loves that. I did not do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I could have, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do a lot of uh, day-to-day customer service and interacting with the players. And I'd never worked in gaming before this. Um, it's much different than what I had done before, but it's a lot of similar stuff as well in terms of running social and um, interacting with a, a diverse audience. Um, so it's been great. I'm in my second year there. And uh, and now I'm also doing a little bit of, uh, of work on our WWE game, which I was not much of a wrestling, wrestling guy. No, not at all. <laughs> Um, but now I'm doing some stuff with that and running their social as well. So it's been fun. How, have, uh, how has it been going from like real basketball to like the virtual side of things? Uh, I would assume that in a way that it's a shift, but ha- has it been like easy to, to fall in love with and be passionate about? How has that been? Yeah, I think right now I would say it's easy and a ton of fun. When I first started, it was really hard. Uh, I played a lot of video games growing up, um, but I can't say I knew anything about what was going on behind the scenes. And I learned that super quickly. It's just totally different language. I had to learn the lingo and kind of learn on the fly. So it was difficult for the first few months. Um, I probably said a ton of stupid things to my coworkers. Um, they thought I was an idiot, but um, I used to it. 
And uh, I think the key was just playing the game as much as I could, um, just really diving in and from the player perspective, figuring out what they want, uh, what the issues are on a day-to-day basis. Um, so it took a while, uh, but now I love it. And I, I would honestly be totally okay with working in gaming for a while. So, Would you say that you are – you, like, look at your mentions a lot on, in work at all at work? <laughs> would you say you, you take replies and, and wants and players um, needing to be boosted up in, uh, in account? Yeah, that's one of the main things I do every day is looking at Twitter. Uh, a lot of good and bad. <laughs> you have seen. Uh, yep, we started. Justin. What's that? Roasting Justin. Exactly. Yeah, they don't know my name yet. Uh, maybe one day. But uh, I'll make it. <laughs> when I first started, it was a pretty small account, and I was looking at pretty much every mention. Um, now I don't look at every single mention, but I do every day, and there's there's issues every day. There's people, there's, there's the, the usual suspects that are yelling at me every day and saying, Oh, fix this, fix that. The same burner account over and over. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's you actually. I don't know. Yeah. But, no, no. I'll be the one soon. That's going to reply put it past- to everything and put a picture of you and be like, this is the guy you need to go after. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do that stuff every day. It's uh it's kind of stressful. Honestly, I, I laugh every single day too, because some of the comments are just so outrageous. So <laughs> if, any, if anyone ever needs a laugh, just look at the mentions of uh, NBA 2K Mobile on Twitter. It's good stuff. Do they get in like sub arguments in there? Kind of, like, yeah. It's mostly like where, just, where it doesn't have to do with the post and they're just arguing at each other because that <laughs> so much. Yeah, kind of. The other day people were arguing about, uh, we did a post about Nikola Jokic and people were arguing about like, oh, who is this guy? Uh, oh, by the way, he's a top five center in the league. Maybe you should watch basketball. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dang, these kids. Hardcore really gamers that just don't watch basketball. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they definitely go at it sometimes. Jeez, that's geez. dope, man. That's, um, that's awesome. I, I, I kind of dipped my feet in the water of the 2K world uh, toward the end of my time at the NBA. And kind of like what you were saying, at first I was just like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting highlights Dude, of like 2k was nuts too the the, it, the emotions I, of these guys yeah no but honestly when you when you kind of take it from the perspective of like human beings are behind the controls you you really start to find the legitimacy behind it and i ended up uh buying in pretty hard so that's yeah. cool so that you're uh you're doing your thing man that that's awesome how is the game like I, I'm sure that you play 2K on PS4 and Xbox One. Oh yeah, I'm gonna roast him this week on 2K. <laughs> how does it, uh, <laughs> so? How does it differ, um, maybe from a playing experience or just the overall differences between that and like your mobile phone? Yeah, it, uh, I would say it runs pretty smooth. Uh, it depends what device you have. Uh, obviously, newer devices, it's gonna run smoother. Um, but it is the exact. Uh, NBA 2K simulation from one of the recent uh, NBA 2K games. Um, not the most recent one, and I don't know how much information I can share, but uh, it's it's one of the actual games, and uh, it's pretty amazing, to be honest, for a phone. Um, you can play a five-on-five, five, you can use a controller, um, and then the way it works is you you kind of build up your team, and the more games you play, you can get better players, and you so can it's also- like, So it's like ultimate team in Madden. Right, yeah. Or, or like or you get the cards of the guys and you like keep getting better cards. Right, yeah. Cool. Similar to my team on NBA 2K oh. as well. Um, yeah, big gamer, Bush, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm just getting ready to smack you in 2K tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you got scared the other night, so I don't know what happened there. Dude, my, I pulled my back. It still hurts. <laughs> Drew knows oh, I, God, I, had, I, had a back, I had a back game during our last podcast. You know, flu game ain't got nothing on my back game. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Before before we started uh, recording our last pod, he's just like, hold on, I got to go get another pillow. Oh, I got to get another pillow. Dude, I literally uh-huh. stood up and I couldn't stand – or I, like, stood up to or grab something and I couldn't stand up after I sat down. That made no sense. But my point is it hurt, and I don't want to hear it. But, don't hurt yourself t- uh, tomorrow if you guys are going to play, Bush. Yo, we're playing tomorrow night. I need uh, I need a, a oh, healthy- we'll stream it on Twitch. Yeah, we should do that. Absolutely. I'd I'm down. so in. 
I would actually in front of everyone. That's the quarantine content I need. I need wait, less. So, wait, so who's your team? Who who do you play with? Man, that's tough. I like to play with the classic teams actually. Really? Teams, yeah. Okay. Okay. I would I would think you would want to play with the Lakers, but no, yeah, you know, it is wherever LeBron goes. That is my squad, as you know. No, we'll do random teams and, and I'll still smack you. Anyways, I'm done shit talking <laughs> too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself when I lose by forty points. So. <laughs> wow. He but, went from the top of the mountain to No, I mean I know I'm gonna smack him, but I probably should dial it down just in case like I break my like right hand and I only have to play one handed, so that's kinda like the handicap to play against Lester. But. Oh God, he's all over the board, Justin. I, I don't, I don't think I'd be worried. I'm buzzing, bro. <laughs> I'm not worried whatsoever. Trust this me. kid going from I'm gonna beat you by forty to I'm gonna lose by forty to I can beat you <laughs> with one hand. Like I don't know what the hell's going on. You need me to give you like a fifty point head start or what? Uh, no, no. You might need it. <laughs> we'll put a, we'll put a few k online. I'll stream it on Twitch. It'll be, it'll be a whole shebang, right? Um. <laughs> Anyways, back to – I got sidetracked a little bit. Um, how are you doing with quarantine? You bet you in your apartment right now? Like in yeah, yeah, it's okay. It was like a, about a month ago that our company told us to go home. Um, yeah, Seattle's kind of where it all started in the U.S. Um, where the kid, kid was born and raised, right, or no? Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we still were going into work for a little bit, but then they told us to go home, and now I'm just – I'm at home for a month and I think it's going to be a little longer. So, yeah, yeah, I feel you. But so hey, I know working. Bush, you're kind of in upstate New York, but mm-hmm. um, I'm being right outside the city. I'm kind of in one of those hotbed zones. But how is like where you are right now dealing with the day to day? Like, you obviously we're all home and that's similar, but how is like, the restrictions and everything like going on with your everyday life? Uh, yeah, in Seattle, it's, uh, it's pretty quiet for sure. Um, I mean, I can still go to like Chipotle and a couple other places and it's no big deal. Can you go inside? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Do you have to wear a mask? Um, no, I do not. Maybe that's coming in the next few weeks, but, uh, I feel like if you're not there, like you're not going to get there, you know? No, I don't know. I don't know shit. But I feel like I feel like if at this point, like you're not like wearing masks and all that shit, like they're not gonna make you do that. I don't know. Just, yeah. Just go on. Yeah, that comment made no sense because I'm not. Allowed it made to... sense in my head. I swear. All right. Well, that's bush logic, everybody. That, that was the just... first example of bush logic. He's just rattled because he's thinking about our upcoming 2K game. And he's oh my just... god, dude! I'm gonna smack you, bro. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the Raptors, all right. We might have to make this no. Thing. I'm gonna be early 2000s Raptors, early 2010. Sorry. See, that's my squad with McGrady and Carter. That's my squad, dude. Fine, we'll we'll figure it out. Can we please twitch this though? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we dude. Might have to get a poll going because I would wanna I would wanna know what our followers think. Oh, I'll get a poll. I'll put a poll going on Twitter tonight or tomorrow. And is I know it the deceiving, it's... quiet muscle, or is it the loud and rambunctious bush? Who do you want? <laughs> but I, I could just imagine I'm talking so much shit, and then Lester's just going to qu- not say a word and just <laughs> scrape. <laughs> I think in that poll, there's going to be some East Coast bias, too. You know, nobody nobody watches me pull out here because you guys are all in bed by that time. Nah, dude. I, yeah, that's an excuse. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the uh, – the followers that know you, Lester, you're a, you're a hidden gem. Everyone, I feel like everyone would uh, side with the the West Coast swag. You're a hidden gem, <laughs> Justin, hidden gem, Lester. I love it. Love it. <laughs> oh my guy. Nah, man, that's that's kind of it for me. I, it sounds like you got you're doing uh, well over there. It's good. I know we were talking about we need you over here on the East Coast. Uh, I know that Bush, you're coming in June, I think. Yeah the city um but yeah, either yeah. Us, once this all passed you gotta hit us and we'll we'll make a fun weekend out of it yeah i mean we spent mm-hmm. we can spend the whole podcast length of uh talking about our memories together so definitely want to make some new ones with you when you get back on the east coast but um bush i, I have no other questions How, are you uh running dry 
yeah, I'm good. Hit every point except for we just need to uh, plan this Twitch stream because it's happening. <laughs> we're gonna definitely make that happen. We're gonna we're gonna put a poll out because I, I want to see uh, how our followers would vote and who they uh, are more faithful in because this is gonna be. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 huddle up real quick after this. So. <laughs> yeah, and let's let's see if we can trend as well as Bush did the other day with his tweet. How about that? <laughs> my <laughs> guy, <laughs> Twitterless Lester saw it. I love it. Dude, I am on Twitter. What are you talking Dude, about? Dude, he's on Twitter, but he doesn't have a Twitter. You got a burner you follow all of us with? <laughs> like, how'd you see it, man? I saw it. How'd you see it? Did it make waves over in uh, Seattle? It did. It was the number one trend in Seattle. I'm telling you. My guy, my guy, uh, great. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, Lester, it was great talking with you, man. Always uh, a pleasure and uh, really good to hear that you're doing well over there. And um, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'll try to make a trip and come see you guys this summer. Looking forward to it. Thanks, bro. Okay, that was our interview with uh, good buddy Justin Lester. Really enjoyed talking. Uh, I know that you guys ended up playing 2K late last week. Uh, it sounded like it didn't go too well uh, for Alex, but uh, it was always always great talking with Justin, and mm-hmm. we appreciate him coming on. Um, yeah. But okay, Bush, I'll be a recurring guest at some point. So for sure, Bush, I've been chomping at the bit, man, since last night watching those two most recent episodes of The Last yeah. Dance. Um, it's awesome to see that each week they get better and better. I think last night was so, too, which is cool. so entertaining. And uh, finally, we're almost seeing a bit of the like bad side of Michael with, uh, yeah. with, his, with his competition issues and his gambling. Well, some people would say bad, but I, I agree with every game. Yeah, well, so, uh, <laughs> he, these episodes really started to show that he was no longer deemed the perfect player and the, and the perfect human. He was, he was personified as this, this almost God character. Uh, and when that Sam Smith book came out about, about him just gambling and going down to Atlantic city and all that, it, it was a legendary move. Oh yeah. It was, it was an incredible uh, story that came out. So kind of, made him feel more human and uh i thought it was awesome television what were your takes from uh watching last night yeah overall i agree it gets better and different each time which is great it's not just like extended versions of you know going through like one run like they jump back and forth and which can be confusing sometimes but they always have the dates i really find it interesting how they go back and forth and stuff and relate things but like just going off the the second episode pretty much, which was the gambling and, you know, that book coming out and, and um, that whole thing where it's like the media is against MJ, which is crazy. And it made me think to myself, like, imagine if, like if the media was against him, then imagine if it, what it would be like now with social media and just a crazy media presence speak. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but dude, he's out there gambling on pretty much anything he can, which is incredible. And like we were just talking about earlier, and I have to bring up the the part where he's pretty much in the arena, like with these United Center or uh, Chicago Garden or Palace. Yeah, United Center. Like, yeah. It, it's United Center. Um, with the sorry security guys, and they're doing that like they're flipping coins and betting like you won't hit this spot, pretty much. Right. And, and the best was the savage ass security guy just like giving him the shrug. Dude, I knew that was going viral right when it did. Like so savage. Just like it's but, unbelievable. He he had an insatiable hunger for competition. And it was so interesting that to this day in the in like the now interviews and the interviews back then that he had to do mm-hmm. he never he never thought of himself as, as like a gambling addict but he did admit that he is fully addicted to competition and in a way it's insane but it's also it's also i i i respect it man it's like he was he was not a normal 
athlete. Like he was not wired that way. Like not wired like a normal human being. And like, he really would be post game in his suit and betting the random security guards like, Hey, I think I could get my quarter closer to the wall without touching the wall, but closer to the wall than you. Let's go. Let's put, what do you want? 20 bucks. Okay. 20 bucks. And then the guy just waxed him and then he sits down like defeated. He's just like, ah, man, get out of here. Like that that little quarter game means just as much as like the NBA final. Like everything is so hard. Like competition for him just completely fueled him. And yeah, like in the middle of an Eastern Conference finals and he's taking a limo down to Atlantic City with like which is like his, two and a half hours away. It's it's far enough away that it's it's cause for a story. Let's just oh, go. I was saying two and a half hours like that's a big deal. Like it's in the middle of the it's in the middle of the series and he's taking the two and a half hour trip. And you know the the there. game probably ended at like and, ten. So yeah. it's like he wasn't getting there until late. It's and that means like that he got home golf with his late. opponents. It's just like we were talking about what was it last week or the week before when he was playing, you know, in Boston and he was playing golf with Danny Ainge in between games. It's like that kind of thing. It's like that's competition, but it, it's just like the things that like he's that shit would like not fly today. Like people would find out about that or something. Like it would not. Same. It would not. One, it, one picture in a casino and it's on Twitter and he's roasted. He would never. No player would ever – that's why we don't see it, but no player would ever be able to do that, ever. But the thing I took away with it, and you can tell me if you agree, was obviously his just fiery passion for competition. But, like, so I was um, scrolling through and looking at these – I saw these pictures of Tiger and MJ playing together. And, um, first of all, legendary outfits with baggy-ass pants. And oh, my crazy. God. But I'm just, like, thinking – I'm, like, talk about, like – the two most fiery, just competition-based, like they will do anything to win people in their sport, and that's it. Like Tiger used to literally like chirp people and like stare them down, make you know stand over them as they're trying to make a putt in the Presidents Cup or Ryder Cup or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. Obviously, it's a different sport, but it's just made me think about how legendary those two are and like how we got to see Tiger, and I wish I was able to be around to see MJ's. Yeah, you know, no. Th- they were two icons, you know, it's like uh, almost like a larger than life picture seeing them together and what I would give to be like a caddy for the, that too. So imagine, first of all, like just their banter or lack thereof because they're competing, but also like their bets they're throwing down. Oh my God. Tiger, you know. Tiger does it during practice rounds now, like when he was younger and he was like before this second round of Tiger, like initial, like young, just dominating life tiger was the same way oh yeah the bets they had going down i mean (laughs) unbelievable legendary yeah but uh so yeah that and that was uh that was only episode six i think we're not even really talking yet about uh episode five and we'll get there but how about just the basketball side of episode six so uh it was. It hurt my heart watching the, those Suns teams just get absolutely. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something about that. <laughs> manhandled because those teams in NBA history are not frowned upon. They they were good Phoenix Suns basketball teams, and just the fact that they had a really good supporting cast: young Danny Ainge, Dan Mar, uh, Marjorie, uh you know, like go down the line, Kevin Johnson, you have Charles Barkley, of course. Mm-hmm. And Charles Barkley flat out saying, I think I played the best game I, of my life. Still and cool. MJ just played better than me. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was shown in that episode that there wasn't anyone even close to the level that Mike was playing at then. And it was, uh, Knowing that I haven't seen an uh, an NBA championship for my beloved sons in my lifetime, uh, to see that they were that close, mm-hmm. it was. And just to actually like kind of be brought through that because you were too young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, nice. it, young enough that I wasn't like coherent to like watch them. I would have been, whatever, two years old. Yeah, 
it's so the thing about that is I was actually watch, I don't know if you 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 might did you watch you watched the second one after so you might not have seen the yep. uh, ESPN right after it was going in and I kept it on and they were talking to Charles Barkley and he brought up it actually mentions Tiger as well but it's a good point that you think about is like guys playing with Tiger were always you were like okay if you were the second third best guy and you're like imagine if you were playing a different decade like think about guys like Barkley and those kind of teams like imagine how dominant they could be if they weren't playing against MJ it's just like totally sometimes you just get a shitty shitty deal like you have to play in the era that MJ is just dominating the world right so you know in a weird way I kind of think that about KD nowadays I think about this all the time in the Cavs when the Warriors were so good imagine how many titles the Cavs could have had if the Warriors weren't that kind of team and imagine if LeBron James wasn't a player right now how un like well there would be there would be MJ versus KD debates right now oh my god if KD would be the best player in the league if KD was like the lone wolf without a LeBron stopping his shine we would be talking about KD as easily being one of the best players ever. I just have to say, I think we, have, we have breaking news. The uh, NFL is releasing their schedule on May 6th, 7th. So it's at least supposed to happen. Okay, nice, nice. Anyways, just had to Yeah, break. no, but uh, <laughs> I think what's, what's cool is that episode five last night, so the first one, was just as good. Um, what were your thoughts about those – really getting into the dream team. And uh, they were talking about how, why Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the team a little bit, but then how about seeing the practice and seeing magic? Well, I love how they had though that footage of the practice where magic's like, Oh, all they did is move the bull stadium. <laughs> Talking like, about like MJ getting every call in practice. Yeah. It's and, like they're competing so hard at practice. It's like, it's crazy. But I mean, I, I love seeing that, just like the background of that. Obviously, the Dream Team is just legendary, but it was cool to see kind of the backstory on Croatia, the Croatia games as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, talk about two different sides and the fact that, like, MJ and all the – and Scotty and, like, the guys that were with the Bulls had this perception um, that was not necessarily reality. We don't know. Of yeah. How things were handled and – just dominated the kid and <laughs> yeah the fact the fact that mj knew that jerry krause liked tony kukoc so just out of pure disrespect and hatred to jerry krause mj was like okay scotty and i are just going to absolutely crush him even though he's about to be our teammate next season or in in the following season that's that is so ruthless, and you heard and, Tony. And they were just like stepping over him, and just like oh, they made so they much made him his bitch. They made him his bitch, and you. Uh, oh, it was great. The the, the Tony Kukoc quote. He was just like, I wasn't even expecting to play that hard, and they came out and just dominated. It was like he so they, it was ruthless. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was so funny, but one thing that I. I loved about that dream team practice footage was just how fucking hard they played. Nowadays in any type of NBA practice, any type of exhibition, including Olympic play, the way we treat our athletes, since they're worth so much money individually, don't want them to get hurt. we don't want them ever to get hurt. It so amen. It's all just like walk through and, and buddy, buddy. And in a way I like that. From a, what? It was more, more of a shoot around and walk through. That's on, it. On That's different. it. And like back then, like you just said, you have magic Johnson punting the ball in the stands saying, man, this is just like a bulls arena. Like he's pissed off. I thought that was awesome. That's what they were talking about, how they were pissed off. And then after they're just like, fucking around like once yeah 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 it's it's amazing no it's what do you say they were like quiet for a while and then they said something i forget exactly what happened and then they were all just like like, i think it was on i think someone honestly said like well that was fun and yeah that's what it was it was like yeah yeah. (laughs) well that was fun and then they're like all right that's something i would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but uh 
I thought that was it was so cool to see and uh I agree. It was I do have to say before we're over talking about this, it was great to see I don't know how you think about it, but it was great to see Kobe talking, you know. Obviously that's like new footage that we have never seen of Kobe, you know, like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, after, yeah. After his passing, which was pretty cool and um not gonna lie. It was it was so sad. He came up on the screen. It was like, part of me was like, is this too soon to see Kobe talking as if he's like still around right now? It was very weird, but very, yeah. I think how they tributed him, it was. The tribute was, in the beginning was great. And it was, it was good and polite and, and respectful. But in a way, when, when he showed up on the screen, I was just like, oh yeah, there's Kobe. It, it, so in a way, oh. personally, you almost, it's too soon in the sense of I still have moments where this hasn't hit me. And, and oh, then that's it, what I mean. That's the and thing. then it'll it's smack almost, me like it's almost oh my like, god. Oh, Kobe, like Yeah. You, you don't think like him, and then you're like, whoa, wait, hold on. Yeah, it was it was sad almost in the after effect because it's like I watch it and you're like, all right, there's Kobe. That's an awesome quote. But then it's just like, oh my God, like he's not with us so that's where it's part of it i think has to do with the fact that like imagine if like kobe was playing and we were still playing basketball there's no coronavirus and he passed away during his career while he was playing it's like you don't see him every night you know things like that like kobe is a lot of behind the scenes and he was behind the scenes and it's like the fact that like you're not seeing him on a daily basis so you're just like oh it's kobe talking it's not like wait Kobe's not playing tonight he's not with it. it's it's a different thing if you know what I totally mean. no no I do I do but I did think that they tributed him well so and I feel like uh, they definitely had more Kobe like talking head stuff that they could have used and they probably didn't I have, yeah I have a good feeling that there was more on that because like they had such a I was just reading some article today they had such a like secret kind of relationship where they weren't like buddy buddy but like they were very very close off the court um so yeah. I feel like there was more that they could have done but probably didn't want to or could be saving for later on so we'll see shout out to Kobe though RIP because I do think that from a uh from a scoring mentality I think he's been the closest player to MJ's energy. Yeah, Kobe had that killer instinct as well. Yeah, and, and I do think that Kobe that had that. So uh, shout out to him. And as we continue forward throughout uh, the rest of these now coming episodes seven and eight, um, I think that we're going to be continuing to dive into more of the unpleasant side of mj a little bit like, i mean mj even said that people might hate him at the end of this or not you know not respect his how he was but dude he was a, just a straight up wanting to win like that's who he was he was a killer so you gotta take you gotta take it in stride realizing that like yeah you know, i had six rings for a reason so and I, I i'm i'm excited to to watch because i want the good and the not as good like but i want to see everything all of it and uh I think that we're really getting, yeah, we're really getting it with this doc. So shout out to ESPN and everyone involved because it's it's been an awesome been uh, journey watching this unfold. Um, but Bush, as we kind of wrap up here, what do you got going on this week? Um, how's everything looking on your end as we continue on? Um, just about to officially sign my lease, so I'm getting ready to move to New York. Uh, shout out Maddie and Nicole, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's a trio. Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, right now I'm still home. I'm, I've been, golf courses are still open for public course or private courses. So like my parents belong to a club back home in Rochester. So I've been playing, I've been walking, got myself a little red. You can't put it. Oh, look at you. It hurts, but oh. good. Cause I've been inside for a while, but yeah, I mean, I'm just chilling still, you know, grinding at it in the job search like you as well as uh, helping out with my freelance free free, can't even speak today with my freelance work and um, trying to stay active, I guess, inside. Stay active and busy. That's uh, I'm in the same boat as you. And that's kind of the the name of the game every week of just staying positive, staying busy. And uh, got an official rejection today. It was great. It was fun. Good. Hey, at least you got an email. But, but it was funny because it was something that I was like searching for months ago and they put it on like pause and then I officially got rejected today. So 
Shout out. <laughs> the next one's the good one. Brings me up. <laughs> Just lift. <listen. laughs> nah, you're going to be getting something soon. Yeah, we're, but that's, we're, we're both fine. <laughs> that's why uh, that's why these podcasts are good for you guys listening, but also they're great for us. Like I know I wake up every Sunday and Monday like, okay, Sunday's my day to prep because it's the last dance. Mm-hmm. And then Monday is, is fun because record, yeah. you get to do this. And uh, I, I just – I love that we have this going forward and uh, had a guest this time for the first time. And first guest, maybe. We're going to try to uh, continue to do these, uh, and we're going to keep refining out our craft. I think these are doing well, and I'm excited. Yeah, I do want to say we've gotten a good following so far, which is pretty cool when it comes to just the numbers of listens and streams and stuff. But, like, people listening, you know, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, um, right. Talking Sports AZ on both of them. Um, yep. You know, give it, throw us a DM or a reply or comment and tell us, you know, things you want to hear or things you want to see from us. And we're going to start – I'm going to start producing a little more um, just content for us we're both going to do. So, for yeah. like – um, short clips and stuff. Um, but yeah, like just let us know what you want. We're going to keep refining stuff. We'll try to have a guest pretty much every week from now until whenever and, and try to get those in, which will be a lot of fun. So yeah. Awesome. That's what With I that, bro, uh, that's it for me. Uh, I think another good pod down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to having a good week and uh, chatting with all of you guys uh, next week. You got anything to plug? What I got to plug. Uh, shout out to Joe providing some uh, DJ. I just see every time you look over the right, Joe's making a face. So what's up, buddy? <laughs> he said, what up, Bush? My guy. <laughs> no, but that, that's it for me, man. Thanks for everyone for tuning in and listening as always. And uh, hope you guys all have a good week. Yep. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.